from grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. <laughs> your dog thinks so. Yeah, he was he was all up on that <laughs> microphone. Like, yeah, you want to say hi? <laughs> he just got the replay on the live stream. Uh. <laughs> all right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops like tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zamergy magazine. Click on the for a link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Bell patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, Hoppin' Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios or head over to blindnessstudios.com. Uh, and click on the patron link on our homepage. While you're over at blinderstudios.com, click on that store link or head over to teespring.com slash stores slash blinderstudios and check out our merch. Brian. Yes? Uh, do you have anything beer-related new from last week? Not really. All right. Uh, we we kind of have a meaty episode, so we're not yeah. going to spend a, too much time here. We got Gordon back in the hizzy. I'm back. Um, yeah, uh, you guys should check out Gordon's podcast, uh, Rules of the Arena and No Story Left Behind. Check out some of his content on our network. You can get a new website up and running with some cool stuff up on there. People Fair. want to check it out, rulesofthearenapodcast.com. Very cool. You got a, I know you're a little bit of a hiatus right now, but you have, uh, some authors coming up in January. Yeah, and... uh, just recorded with a band last week and I have an author I'll be talking to later today. Uh, another author in a week and a guy that's been kind of well he immigrated here from to Miami then moved to Las Vegas and he's been kind of behind the scenes in the music industry uh kind of from the ground up by himself that'll be coming up in a couple weeks too very cool what did i say cool. off mic i you listened to a weight weight <laughs> weightlifter <laughs> beef metal <clears throat> that's what it sounds like to me i don't know i mean it's not bad it's there's it depends i mean know i, I like go my, from my heavy metal but like belting out along with michael buble to <laughs> just playing the shit out of the air drums to oh, some heavy metal my god michael buble <laughs> michael bubbles all right hey before we get too deep i forgot to say this on the last episode but oh. i i I think I since they announced it on Facebook and that um, just congratulations to Devin and Rose Stinson, patron Devin, is they are pregnant with their second child due in July. Um, very excited um, to have been a part of them discovering that pregnancy and then not not saying anything for a while and then here we go. Yeah, congrats. Very yeah, very awesome. Very Congrats, cool to be guys. On the, in, the inside on that. Uh-huh. So, uh, yep. So, Brian. Is this uh, the calibrator? This is the calibrator. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Um, so, I, I think I figured out what I'm going to get you for Christmas. Oh, Jesus Christ. What? Uh, well, a sonic aerator, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I would secretly aerate all of your beers, and you're going to be like, what's going on with my beers, you guys? They're all flat, you guys. <laughs> Oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> that's my Nickel Casey impression. All right. Um, so for our calibration, uh, we have a beer from Bell's, uh, who has recently been purchased, if I remember right. No longer craft beer. No longer craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> new Holland is the new king of craft beer in Michigan. 
<laughs> uh, wouldn't it be Founders? I don't know. One, one of the two of them is the big new one now, right. but I can't remember. Um, but we have Mars, uh, which was originally released in 2014 as part of the Bell's Planet series. Um, and I guess they did a re-release in 2017 that I completely missed, but uh, they've released it again now in 2021. Re-re-release. Re-re-release. Um, this is a double IPA with complex hop character and multi-backbone. Back, uh, uh, notes of tropical fruit, citrus, pine, lemon, lime, and pineapple are all present, but the aroma and flavor hopped at a ratio of about 3.4 pounds of hops per barrel. Uh, the recipe for Mars was developed from a trial batch called Larry's Latest Double IPA, brewed in an original uh, brewery located adjacent to the Eccentric Cafe in downtown Kalamazoo. Ooh. Uh, this is a 10.1% uh, ABV uh, with an original gra- gravity of 1094. Uh, reddish copper in color is what, and that's all the all the stuff. Um, I'm going to say that this is definitely a product of its time. This is a... This is a 2014 double IPA. Oh, God, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's crystal clear, has, like, that that copperish hue, um, like, that you get with, uh, I'm guessing there's, I'm guessing there's some, like, some kind of caramel or crystal. It's probably C60, yeah. C40. This is delightful. I mean, just the nose on it. Oh. Uh, yeah, a big pine. Citrus. There's malt, malt on the nose too. I'm getting it. <clears throat> and, a little and bit really, of malt sweetness. <clears throat> yeah, and really sticky, sticky smelling hops. I knew Gordon would enjoy this one. I need, I need more of this in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it, Gordon gets a whole wow. bottle, and we, <laughs> we have to share one. <laughs> we didn't have to. I figured you kidding. wanted to. No, no, no. We got to take. Well, it on the ogre scale, this is still <laughs> sessionable. <laughs> um, all right. Immediately, this is this is uh, and this is this is very good for today. There is it mouth strippingly bitter. Dude, this is really like, really good. Though. It uh, there, like there it coats your tongue. Sweetness it, to it, and still, there's there's but, a sweetness, but not cloying. I don't think Mm-mm. it's borderline. No, it's that it's that classic, that classic West Coast. This is total 2014. Yep, you'd be on the hunt for this shit in 2014, man. Like find, yeah, this finding was, a good one like this. This was like. The thing you were looking for. I can't believe it, too. It's like not, Green Flash. Yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Remember when they came in the market? Yeah. There was a lot of cool stuff happening around then. Like 20, 22 ounce bottles went. Bombers were king. Bombers were a big deal. Then they went kind of went the way of the dodo that year ish. Yeah. I could almost use <clears throat> a little bit more bitter bite on the front end. It seems like it takes a second for it to build up. As it sits, oh, it's probably the ten percent ABV. Yeah, yeah. All that sweetness Same. in there, like. Ooh. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, like it drops. It's not. It's not super dry. It's not incredibly dry, but it's dryish. Does that make sense? I call it like semi. Like because it's. I don't know. It's not like drying my mouth out. It's not. And it, there's a, there's a lingering sweetness on the back end that just kind of sticks around a bit. Yeah. But there's nothing cloying about. But this again, yeah, not cloying. Um, re- really good. Look at this head, man. Oh, and look at the lacing on the glass. And this was yep. I actually had that um, Smittix in here before. So for this to cling, this colloidal protein to like cling to the glass like this is kind of a big deal. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, good job, 
Larry. Well, I think we're all just uh, we're all being transported back in time by seven years. Yeah, well, that kind of dovetails into the the whole IBU problem. Yes. We're gonna talk uh, about yeah. Today. So we're talking about the IBU problem, and I don't know if it's so much of a problem as it's just what it is. Um, IBUs. It's it's a term that's thrown around a lot. Every uh, every brewery has two things listed: the ABV and the IBU for pretty much every beer. Right, um, and Gordon, when you see a beer with a higher IBU, what does that mean to you? I, I assume it's going to be more bitter. Okay. Uh, there's been a few times where I've been surprised where it doesn't, you know, you see 80 IBU, but it doesn't drink like that where you're, maybe it's just I'm hopped or you know, mentally prepared for that instant hop bite, but then it comes in pretty soft. Brian, what is uh, like when you when you see like an IBU or like a high IBU number on on a beer? Like at, if you if you're going in somewhere, um, and like you you look at like the name, the ABV and the IBU. What does that tell you? High IBU. That's mm-hmm. gonna be like super mouth strippingly bitter, and you know. Okay. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully super resiny and sticky, which I like. Yeah, I like high IBU beers. I do too. I think Gordon does too. Mm-hmm. I think we're 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 all we're all IBU fans. Um, but so and I so the IBU is a measurement of the amount of infrared light absorbed by a sample of processed beer. Um, the IBU was developed in the 1950s and 60s to measure a combination of both isomerized alpha acids and the auxiliary bittering uh, compounds or ABCs. ABCs. Right. So we're going to talk about IBUs and AB or IAAs and ABCs today. Yeah, ABC. That's just such a like. Oh, call it in. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just like, oh, there's some other stuff in there. That's, well, and, you know, that at the time, that's all we cared about. Right. Right. If you li- look back at um, our hop series and, like, uh, when we did, like, the new IPA, we've learned so much about hops in the past bit. But, um, so the IBU uh, combines the concentration of IAAs and I- ABCs in in beer into a single measure of approximate bitterness. Um, a lot of people will say, like, um, one IBU is one part per million um, of isomerized alpha acids. Uh, that's not the case because you have IAs and ABCs. It's just um, it, they, they correlate pretty well, but not 100%. Well, yeah, and if you listen to, like, our past shows, we, we get into what they are referring to as ABCs, ABCs in here. Pretty, pretty in-depth. I mean, the, the AB. ABCs is like, you know, it's it's a huge broad, it's a huge broad spectrum, um, and so we're we're gonna we're kind of gonna take a top level approach here, uh, kind of look at it uh, from a scale. Uh, we're gonna there's there's some very interesting findings here. Um, the the impetus for this episode uh, was an email from uh, black belt patron Bjorn Bjornson. Um, and he sent over a link to a blog post by Alchemy Overlord at alchemyoverlord.wordpress.com. Um, that was, uh, and then we'll get into that a little bit more. As usual, the big shout out to Bjorn, uh, for keeping us on our toes. Yes. Uh, we get a lot of great information from him. Always. All right. So right now, unless you're getting your beer tested in a lab, your IBU, um, calculation is an estimate. That you know, it, it sounds it, it probably isn't, but it sounds expensive, um, and it's it's funny. It's something that we've uh, never done, uh, hop and barrel, or any. I don't think any of the breweries I've ever worked at, we've never 
Never done an IBU test. Well, maybe we should. <laughs> it sounds like it'd be fairly cheap for a company like Bell's, who cranks yeah. out how many thousands. Well, they probably have the equipment yeah. on hand. Right. Almost certainly Budweiser does. Yeah, and I, I assume in that case where you have that one staple beer that you're cranking out year-round deck for decades. But for something like Hot and Barrel or a local brewery where, I mean, how many beers do you go through in a year? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> to test each and every one of those. So um, if you if you aren't, uh, like, if you aren't getting it tested, you're probably using one of four formulas. You're using either Daniel's formula, uh, Rager, Garrett's, or Tinset. Rager is probably the most common I, in, in my mind. You think so? I do. All right. It's, it's also, uh, of the three, it's the second oldest. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Um, yeah, so Daniel's formula, I couldn't get a, an exact date on it. Um, this is Dan, uh, he wrote uh, he wrote a book I and I forgot to write it down but um, but basically it uh, his formula is you take the utilization percentage um, times the alpha uh, times like the value of the alpha acid percentages times the weight in ounces times seven hundred or seven thousand four hundred and eighty nine. Um, and you take, yeah, so utilization times that value divided by the gallons. Okay. Um, and that gives you your IBUs. Why 700 or 7,000? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, this seems 42. like a really <laughs> random ass number. It, there, there, there's, it's, it's, it's a constant for something, and I'm sure. not entirely yeah. sure what the constant is. I didn't dig too deep into Daniel's formula because it, it's very outdated. Um, nobody's using that anyone, uh, anymore. Um, Rager, 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 Rager. I always Rhaegar. heard it pronounced Rager. Okay, so the, the Rager formula came out, um, and I think it was BYO magazine. It also happens to be one of my characters' names in our D and D group. Rager, Rager Tinseth, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that now that makes a lot more sense. Does it now? <laughs> yeah, finally, it, it dude. We've been playing in that campaign for like three years. No, yeah, that character's dead. So <laughs> he's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this came out, it was either BYO or Zymergy, I can't remember which magazine, in 1990. That's, God, that's mind-blowing. Yep. Um, and Dang. that is, uh, it is the ounces of hops times the utilization percentage times alpha acid percentage times 7,462. I think I was also, inc- sorry, it, you, you'll, oh, yeah, no, there's more to go on, but I, I think I'm also being incredulous that Brew Your Own magazine was around in 1990 right well and i can't i again i can't remember if it was bio or uh it, it, it was a brewing magazine yeah, yeah. um and then you so you take that no- number and you divide it by the bat- batch volume um times uh your gravity adjustment factor which there's another formula to get that um but we're we're kind of doing top level stuff um, if you really want to know more about these formulas, there's so much information. And we could do an entire episode on each formula. Um, and then in 1994, we get another iteration on this uh, with Garrett's. Um, and this was published in his Using Hops book. Um, so the IBU is the utilization percentage times the alpha acid percentage times the weight in hops times 0.749. So instead <coughs> of thousands, we're now doing that, uh, and that is divided by the volume in gallons times the combined adjustments, which are the gravity factor, hopping factor, and temperature factor. So that gives you a value there 
Um, and again, we can go into that, but that out, outside of the scope. Um, and then finally, you have Tinseth, which is the newest uh, standardized formula. <laughs> I mean, not by much. But uh, that came out in 97. So these are, these are old formulas that uh, are industry standards. Um, and Tinseth is the decimal al- uh, alpha acid utilization times a milligram per liter of added alpha acids. So this, is, this is another like good time to interject and, and remind everybody, and we've said this before, but like there's still so much stuff about beer brewing ingredient, etc., that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. And hops is one of the big unknowns still. Yeah, um, um, and it's it's gotten a lot better. Sure has, and 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 quickly too. You know, no, no, the, 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 this this is this is perfect because I, we're looking at issues with these uh, calculation methods. This is, is the next section. So, like Brian, continue. Like, what what are the problems with all of these? Well, they're just they're outdated in the mar- and and as we'll find the you know the the margin of error is crazy. So, looking at the four formulas above, there's a few a few issues. So, you, you're only looking at at hops used in the boil. Um, and there's no way to estimate IBUs from the Whirlpool or dry hop additions. And so, so that's, a, that's a huge problem for me just in general because anything after flameout doesn't, doesn't get accounted for. And so when you started seeing this like zero IBU beer pop up, it's like, no, no, no. There's not zero IBUs in here. Yeah, it's zero on the tin set. <clears throat> it's or, zero on, on these. Yep. And that's one of the major issues. Um, Gordon? Is, are they... <clears throat> Has nothing since you know ninety seven being the newest one, the last thing to come out because nobody is taking the time to do the research on it, or is it just because it's not broken? Don't fix it. Well, it's very broken, and that's yeah. as, as, that's actually what prompted this episode is um, there is there there like we are we're talking about a new model, a new yeah. a new way of looking at this, um, and. It's a lot more complex so, than the old ones. Right. And so when we kind of figured this out years and years ago that this is like highly inaccurate because of the non-calculation of post-boil uh, or post-flameout rather, it, it kind of the movement was perceived bitterness or, you know, like so perceived versus actual. Yeah. And so perceived is kind of the way. But, you know, again, then it you, doesn't you've got really a, line up IBU, IBU. A, another nearly arbitrarily thought of. So you see some you of know, these hazy IPAs, right? That are like 20 IBUs or five IBUs or zero IBUs, right? But there's actual bitterness there. So there are IBUs there, but because they aren't getting their beers tested anywhere, they're going off of these outdated formulas yeah. that are showing zero. And, and again, as you'll see, the margin of error is incredible. It but is insane. In any case, so the new, the new estimation method is SMPH. And this article that Bjorn sent is dense AF. It's very dense. It's not super long, but it's very dense. Um, and then I don't know if you if you pulled up the, the GitHub link there with the actual tool. Not yet. I will. Um, but uh, it's, it's very interesting because it, like, it, I mean, it, it runs through the model. Um, and he has all the other ones there too, like the Rager Garrett's um, and Tinseth, so you can do a direct comparison. Um, but oh, cool! So what he did is so uh, this new SMPH model uh, separates the concentration of isomerized alpha acids from the ABCs. So we're now taking them as two different things and then bringing them together to get um, the final result. So while uh, IAAs contribute the most to IBU. 
to the IBU in typical beers, in quotes, uh, if there's such thing as a typical beer anymore, um, ABCs can contribute a significant amount, especially when using hops late in the boil, when using a hop stand, and or when dry hopping, uh, which are techniques commonly used in brewing IPAs, which is when we care the most about IBUs. Um, to be more accurate, uh, this uh, SMPH model takes in a lot more factors than older models, including... Uh, so we have we have them broke down in from high impact, medium impact, small impact. So high impact kettle versus dry hops. That's number one. Like so now we're looking at what hops did you add to the kettle? Which hops did you add dry? Uh, the form of the hull of the hop pellet hole plug. Like uh, if it's cryo, yeah, cryo. Like how is this hop coming? Uh, the rate at which we're hopping, the pH of the wort. And then wort clarity or how much protein is in the wort. pH matters so much more than people yep. realize on a lot of different levels, especially with hazy IPAs. If you're not taking pH all the way through. You have a problem. You're not going to do a good well, hazy gonna, IPA. It's not going to be hazy. Um, and then we have medium impact, which is how are you storing the hops, hop, uh, hop storage conditions, the gravity of the wort. Hop stands that you're doing, um, the krausen of your beer. Are you? Do you have like a big blow off so the krausen is going away? Right, are you? Are you? Are, you, are you? Are you stirring the krausen back in? Mm -hmm. Like, how are you doing that? Like, all of that affects utilization. Um, and then the age of the beer at the time of the hopping too changes. Like, your your dry hop at high krausen is going to be different than your dry hop a week later. Um, and then small impact is like the boiling point of water, because if we brew a beer here, it's going to be different than one brewed in Denver. Mm -hmm. um, the rate of cooling, how quickly are you uh, like hitting that cold break and dropping proteins out? Um, and then flocculation, filtering and finings. So there's a lot more things going into this uh, new model than the old. Uh, well, what's the volume of your beer and what's the uh, AA? of your hops yeah i mean and i'd <clears throat> i'd maybe argue that filtering and fining might be up a little bit higher on some of these just based on you know having having filtered crooked grin for example or, right or filtering like half of it just to, um, just to pull some of that out for a better shelf stability yep so flocculation uh his uh, so if you look at uh, the, the, the reference papers, um, it's estimated to influence the IBU by 5% or less. Got it. That makes sense. But I mean, I just another nod to like the cool, the cool factor of being a home brewing brewer and being able to have these small, fresh, mm -hmm. impactful batches that you don't have to filter because you don't have to worry about the shelf stability. So yeah. You can do a lot cooler shit as a home brewer. Oh, it's it's incredible. <laughs> So taking all of these factors in, um, he made an um, he, he sent in or fourteen different beers uh, that that he didn't use for development of this model, right? So they're all brand new recipes, brand new beers. Um, he sent in two stouts, an ESB, a Kolsch, an English IPA, a West Coast IPA, and eight single malt, single hop smash beers with different timings of late edition hops, right? And he took all these data points and he figured out the RMS error, um, which is the, because I, I, I wrote it, I wrote it down, um, the root mean square error or basically the standard deviation um, for, uh, for his new model, the Tinseth, the, uh, the Rhaegar, the Garretts, and his old model that we're not going to talk about because um, <laughs> we're just, we're talking about 
yeah. these four. Um, and the the maximum deviation for each of those. Of those 14, Tinseth had an RMS of 20 IBUs, or 20.4 IBUs, which is huge. That's a huge fluctuation. Um, the maximum difference was 70 IBUs. It's a bit of a swing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Rhaegar, which is the most common, uh, do you guys know which model you guys are using at Hop? Definitely Rhaegar. Rhaegar? Yeah. Uh, the standard deviation was Well, three. listen, we use Beersmith, and so we plug in Rhaegar. Yeah. You can plug in other... You can plug in other ones, yeah. yeah. Um, so you can... Um, it's 39.6 is the standard deviation. Dude, the, you're, you're almost 40 IBUs off. Like, the maximum... Let that sink in. The maximum that happened with this? 137.9, so basically 138. What I remember <laughs> many, many episodes ago, you talked about the the average human can only perceive up to a certain... Oh, like 99 or 100. Yeah, 99 or 100. That might be slightly but, anecdotal. But that, and that, that's, that's right. very anecdotal. Everybody and tastes different. that's too. off of these, uh, like the Tinseth, uh, yeah. Rhaegar, Garrett's methods. Like. Yeah. So that so all bets are off, then, Okay, yeah, honestly. Gonna... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fun to think about, but it's, yep. it's bullshit. Um, and then the, the Garrett's, uh, they had a... Um, an RMS of 33, um, and a max error swing of 109. This new SMPH model is insane to me. The RMS, 2.4. The maxed deviation, 5.2. That's crazy. That's that's what the rest of these should be bracketed in. Like, the rest yep. of these should be that. But yeah, you shouldn't have swings of 100. <laughs> 140, like, what the hell? Like it's it's insane, and it's this this model is potentially like it's potentially a game changer in IBU estimation. I mean, it is like if 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 this like if this like continues out and it's it's usable and um, repeatable, like it's absolutely way better than what we've been using since the nineties. This, yeah, read this article, too, because I, I can't read the whole other considerations here, but, like, if we start talking about, like, oxidized alpha acids being perceived at about 16% less bitter than isomerized, yeah. um, you know, like, IBU scaling non-linearly, like, um, it's, every, again, everybody tastes things differently. They do say in here, too, some people are more sensitive to bitterness than others, which I am very, but... They say most people find it unpleasant. I don't. Um, gosh, yes, yeah, read this article. Really yeah, it, the, the article's really good. Um, but I think I think the bottom line here, the bottom the the thing that I wanted to talk about most is so the IBU number that you see at most breweries using uh, Rhaegar or Tinseth or Garrett's. Do you like? Is that a thing that you can even trust? No, you you just make your, you know as usual make your own opinion. Yeah, make your own opinion. But like, so is that number even relevant to put up on the board? Yeah, yes. From a consumer standpoint, like you can't. I would like, see. I would argue style is more important than IBU. Uh, yeah, but secondarily, if people you know, okay, no, I, I'll I'll put it into perspective for you. This is people walk in, they want to know the style, then they want to know the alcohol. 
And then if they're savvy and are drinking IPA and are IPA fans, generally they know IBU. So that's to me like that's the third, okay. the third thing. You know, I mean, I don't think I think you're going to get more people that are like, oh, too high alcohol. I'm going to go with a different IPA than someone who is like, oh, uh, the IBUs are too high on this. Well, you know so, what I mean? Like, I think people get it. They either you either like IPA or you don't. And right. Well, and I, I've seen I've seen a lot of the like, especially with the the advent of which is another episode I was thinking about doing um, the lactose IPA mm-hmm. and the fruited IPAs and stuff sure. like that, where the term IPA is getting blurry. It's. Yeah. And basically gone. On a macro scale, so you know, I've worked in sales and customer service and stuff. I always start on a very micro level yeah. and explain things very technically. And as I start to see the eyes glaze over, dough in the headlights look, I water things down more and more. Yeah. So I think in the beer world, your average consumer, like you're saying, Brian, I mean, they're not really looking at abuse, but until you find that beer nerd... Well, but you've also got people that like lock on to stuff and and maybe don't have the best understanding of it. Um, I kind of liken it to the whole like, um, like people like the idea of stuff more than they actually like a thing. Like, um, you know, so if you lock on to this whole IBU thing and you're like, well, you know, I know that like the best beer I've ever had, you know, had 70 IBU. And so then you and then you go somewhere and you and you don't know shit about shit and then you're like oh well, that beer only has fifty IBU yeah you know and then that's when you get those untapped reviews where they're like this beer's only fifty IBU <laughs> right like, well you know what I mean you like, look the at be all end all yeah. one that I like well and look at the IBU races of uh, like 20, 2010 to like twenty sixteen that was very real and I was working in like one of the the top beer bars in Minneapolis at the time and we were very keyed into that. And we were very much trying to get those in, like Wire Wireman, Double Simcoe. I remember at that bar we were pouring seven just ounce cat piss off the seven, thing. Like, yes. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Seven <laughs> ounce Nothing wrong about pack glasses just blended of that. with paint thinner. All right, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We were pouring seven ounce glasses of that for a dollar an ounce. So I I know I'm an outlier, uh, but the only time I really look at IBUs now, uh, and I'm fairly new to the craft beer world. Uh, is what I'm looking at stouts or brown ales or you know it's been, been, where things it's been like 12 more. years. I don't think you're fairly new. Well, anymore, I mean, right? in the green, <laughs> hasn't been less than 10. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, it, it's if I'm if I, I'm looking for a multi beer, if I see IBU north of 60 on you know uh, a stout, on a stout yeah. yeah it's like eh, unless yeah, it's like yeah. coffee but stout, you have like, okay, but you, so you but you have you have but. a barley wine with 90 ibus that's not going to taste hoppy a barley wine is just a double yeah, an aged double ipa i know <laughs> i don't like american barley we laid this double ipa down yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like american barley wines for that reason because it's, really? it it tastes okay. I, I like english barley wines yeah, because yeah, you get more of the caramel notes nutty caramely yeah. smooth you have you have to build that barley Body and able to take the yeah, oxidized where I've had totally. American barley wine from breweries that I'd normally really like and it's like cool you gave me a triple IPA oh, thanks yeah C60 is going to fuck with your oxidation yep. big time um, yeah okay so so IBU is still a relevant number um, but those in the know take it like go ask go ask your local beer tender you guys using Tin Seth or Rhaegar back <laughs> oh, there <for> <laughs> I, I really do feel like our beer tenders would slap you if you. I know they would. Yeah, they would. 
kind of want to fuck with a, a certain curmudgeon uh, uh brewer that I know, not named Mike. Ah, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, man, I, uh, yeah. I just always want to give him a hug. <laughs> That's because he's the angriest teddy bear you know. Yeah. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> did they make you brew a double IPA? <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they did, too. I know. <laughs> and I want to go try it. Can we go do that this week sometime? Uh, absolutely, okay, we cool. can. Uh, you name you name the night, man. I'm there. All right. Yeah, Pitchfork, man. Make some good beer over there. Um. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed that because I really enjoyed talking about it. Yeah, this, that was that was these beefy. numbers uh, blew my mind. I was like, uh, and it all came down to that chart. Like it's, I didn't yeah. I didn't realize it was that big of a swing. It's always nice to be startled like that about something that you think you know a shitload about. It's just like, yeah. oh okay. All so right. yeah, and we haven't done a beefy episode in a minute, so that's this true. is good. Thanks, right. Bjorn. All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, or just, uh, you know, like, should we use Tinseth, Rager? Like, what? I want to know what you guys use. You guys Tinseth people? You guys Rager people? You guys on that Gates train? <laughs> uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and just an email at feedback at blindnerstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindnerstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.